Hello, everyone. Again, thanks for tuning in to the Monday's True Crime Podcast. It's actually Friday. Yeah. You know, it took me a while. Like a month. But, uh, we'll, I'll be, you know, talking a little bit about uh, Canadian serial killer Robert Picton. That good cup of coffee. It's good shit. Uh, here's some background. Uh, I don't know where to start. Robert William Picton, also known as Willie, born October 24th, 1949, convicted in 2007 of the second degree murders of six women. Just, what an asshole, you know? Just such an asshole thing to do. Picton was arrested in 2002. He was then the subject of a lengthy investigation that yielded evidence of numerous other murders. In 1992, Robert William Picton and his brother David owned a farm in Port Coquitlam, British Columbia. 27 kilometers, 17 miles outside of Vancouver. Worker Bill Hiscox, I don't know if that's pronounced right. I'd be totally wrong called it a creepy-looking place, and noted that it was patrolled by a 270-pound boar, one of the few pigs on the farm. He said, I never saw a pig like that who would chase you and bite at you. It was running out with the dogs around the property. He described Picton as a pretty quiet guy, hard to strike up a conversation with, whose sometimes bizarre behavior, despite no evidence of substance abuse, would draw attention. The Picton brothers began to neglect the site's farming operations. They registered a non-profit charity, the Piggy Palace Good Times Society. That's that's a interesting name. With the Canadian government in 19, 1996, claiming to organize, coordinate, manage, and operate special events, functions, dances, shows, and exhibitations. Yeah, no, fuck it. On behalf of the service organization, sports organization, Jesus Christ, and other worthy groups, its events included raves and wild parties featuring Vancouver sex workers and gatherings in a converted slaughterhouse on the farm. These events attracted as many as 2,000 people. That is a lot. Members of the Hells Angels were known to frequently visit the farm as well. No. Yeah. On March 23rd, 19, Picton was charged with the attempted murder of a sex worker, Wendy Lynn Esther, whom he had stabbed several times during an altercation at the farm. Wendy had informed the police that Picton handcuffed her, but that she had escaped after suffering, suffering several lacerations. She told them that she had disarmed him and stabbed him with his own knife. Good. I mean, yeah, no, he fuck it, he deserved it. Picton sought treatment at Eagle Ridge Hospital while Wendy recovered at the nearest emergency room. 
He was released on $2,000 bond. The charges were dismissed in January 1998. That just, no. Months later, the Pictons were sued by Port Coquitlam officials for violating zoning ordinance, neglecting the agriculture for which it had been zoned, and having altered a large farm building on the land for the purpose of holding dances, concerts, and other recreations. The Pictons ignored the legal pressure and held a 1998 New Year's party, after which they were faced with a conjunction banning future parties. Yeah. The police were authorized to arrest and remove any persons attending future events at the farm, so... I mean, that's something. They're doing something. I mean, they should have arrested them, but, you know. I mean, they, they had evidence. The Society's nonprofit event at the farm... Oh, okay. The Society's nonprofit status was removed by following year. For inability to procure financial statements. It was subsequently disbanded. Later, he was charged with the deaths of additional 20 women. Many of them from Vancouver's downtown east side. But these charges were stayed by the Crown in 2010. In December 2007, Robert Picton was sentenced to life in prison with no possibility of parole for 25 years. The longest sentence for murder under Canadian law. During the trial's first day of jury evidence, January 22, 2007, the Crown stated that Pickton had confessed to 49 murders to an undercover agent from the Office of Inspector General who was posing as a cellmate. No good on him. The Crown reported that Picton had told the officer that he wanted to kill another woman to make it even 50. And that he was caught because he was sloppy. Over the course of next three years, Hiscox noticed that women who visited the farm eventually went missing. On February 6, 2002, police executed a search warrant for illegal firearms at the property. After the Pictons were taken into custody, police obtained a second court order to search the farm as part of BC's missing women's investigation. Personal items belonging to missing women were found at the farm, which was sealed off by members of the joint RCMP Vancouver Police Department Task Force. Coffee break. Good shit. Good shit. The following day, Picton was charged with weapons offenses. He was later released and was kept under police surveillance. La -di -da. On February 22nd, Picton was arrested again and charged with two counts of first degree murder in the deaths of Serena Abbotsway and Mona Wilson. On April 2nd, three more charges were added for the murders of Jacqueline McDonnell, Diane Rock, and 
Heather Bottomley. A sixth charge for the murder of Andrea Josbury was laid on April 9th, followed shortly by a seventh charge for Brenda Wolfie. On September 20th, four more charges were added for the slayings of Georgina Pappen, Patricia Johnson, Helen Hallmark, and Jennifer Firmington, or Firmer. Holy shit, then four more charges for the murders of Heather Chinock, Tanya Hollick, Sherry Irving, and Angela Hall were laid on October 3rd, bringing the total of 15. This was the largest investigation of any serial killer in Canadian history. On May 26, 2005, 12 more charges were laid against Picton for the killings of Kara Ellis, Andrea Borhaven, Deborah Lynn, Jones Marnie, Frey Tiffany Drew, Carrie Koski, Sarah DeVries, Cynthia Felix, Angela Jardine, Wendy Crawford, Diane Melnick, and a Joe Dan Jane Doe, bringing the total number of first-degree murder charges to 27. As of March 2, 2006, the murder charge involving the unidentified victim has been lifted. Picton refused to enter a plea of on the charge involving this victim, known in the proceedings as Jane Doe. So the court registered a non-guilty plea on his behalf. The court has drawn fails to meet the minimal requirement set out in Section 581 of the Criminal Code. Accordingly, it must be quashed wrote Justice James Williams. The detailed reason for the judge's ruling cannot be reported in Canada because of the publication ban covering the stage of the trial. After Picton was arrested, many people started coming forward and talking to the police about what was going on at the farm. One of the witnesses that came forward was Lynn Ellingson. Ellingson claimed to have seen Picton skinning a woman hanging from a meat hook years earlier. She didn't tell anyone about this out of fear for her life. Additionally, Ellingson admitted that she blackmailed Picton about the incident on more than one occasion. The victim's children filed a civil lawsuit in May 2013 against the Vancouver Police Department, the Royal Canadian Mounted Police, and the Crown for failing to protect the victims. They reached a settlement in March 2014 where each of the children was set to be compensated $50,000 without admission of liability. Oof. What a... What an asshole. Well, just what a guy. Tune in next time for another Monday's True Crime Podcast. If you have any suggestions, please feel free to let me know. See you then, and yeah, thanks for listening.